when it feels a little bit scary, that's a good sign. That means that, you know, there's some stakes in it for me. Um, there's some risk involved for me, but it should still feel like I'm crafting something. It shouldn't feel like raw nerves. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. So my guest on today's episode of the Inspire podcast is Shad. I, I guess you know you're a performer when you when you can go by one name. <laughs> so Shad, welcome to the Inspire podcast. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. You are um, the first musician that I've had on the pod. And I know we've been talking about doing this for a couple of years because really, you know, even though the, the podcast is about leadership communication, it's really about you know, how you reach an audience, how you inspire. And I think there's so much overlap that we'll we'll get into. But before we go there, I'm just going to kind of give you a blank canvas to introduce yourself. I know you've won a Juno Award. You've been uh, host of Q. You, you've had quite the career as a, and continue to have quite the career as a rapper and a broadcaster. How would you describe your work? Uh, the way I always explain it, to people is, uh, you know, I've worked my whole career in and around music. So making music is the heart of my career. It's how I started and, and continues to be kind of the center of what I do and how I share my ideas, I guess, best with the world, share myself best with the world. But yeah, in, in recent years, I've had the chance to do some other things kind of around music, hosting Q on CBC Radio, as mm -hmm. you mentioned, and also hosting a show called Hip Hop Evolution. It's on Netflix about the history of hip hop. So yeah, just, you know, had the incredible pleasure and privilege of getting to work in and around music for my whole my whole life. Yeah, and I've had the incredible privilege of getting to, to see you perform. You're an amazing performer. And I know back when I lived in Vancouver, going to your your shows and um, still to this day, I, it's more on YouTube with the pandemic. But, you know, great performances. I encourage everyone listening, if, if you haven't already, check out Shad. It's obviously iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And I think, you know, it's your approach to performance is kind of what we're going to talk about today, because really, I, I as we discussed in our kind of pre-call, music is communication. And, and mm -hmm. I know in your career, you've learned some really interesting lessons that you share with me. So what would be the first, like when you think about the big lessons that you've learned, the first that would have implications for success in communication? Yeah, so the, the first thing that comes to mind is that it's all about the audience. So as I think you mentioned, you know, I've worked my whole career in and around music, but specifically hip hop mm -hmm. and rapping. And when I was starting out rapping, the big thing that you had to do to kind of get going was, was battling, hmm. which for people that don't know, you know, this is two rappers kind of in a, you could say a battle of wits or at least what appears to be a battle of wits. What I realized very quickly from losing <laughs> from my first <laughs> battle was that it's not a battle of wits. It's actually a battle over the audience. Huh. And just so people like who might not yep. have seen a rap battle, like 
Is there yeah. a, is there a judge? Is there like do they say this is the topic? Like how does it work, and how mm-hmm. do you win, or how do you not win? <laughs> okay, so um, how it started back in my day was really like there there would be a judge, let's mm-hmm. say on stage, but really it's judged by the audience. The judge on on stage is just there to to pick a winner if there's not a clear winner decided by the audience kind of cheering, right? Mm-hmm. So what I realized in my first battle, so was, you know, I, I went up there, I said my best rhymes, you know, super lyrical, complicated, sophisticated, poetical jujitsu, you know, <laughs> uh, and threw, threw my best at this guy. And he said something about, he made fun of my hat or something <laughs> and the crowd just like erupted in laughter. And, I lost. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I lost. He got he got the reaction. At the end of the day, he won. And that was like, to this day, that's probably the most important, <laughs> most profound lesson I ever learned about rap music, about music it period mm-hmm. is it's all about it's all about winning over the audience by, you know, using whatever tools you have, but you kinda have to make sure that you're understood and that you're like, mm-hmm. that's ultimately what's, what it's all about. So I took that mm-hmm. into my next battle and, and from there on into the rest of my career, but it was helpful in a couple of ways. I mean, one, it was just a way to understand what's really the heart of the thing. And mm-hmm. secondly, it was kind of, it was liberating because how come suddenly it's not so much about me anymore and being the best in a sense. It's about bringing some enjoyment to the audience. So yeah, that was a pretty, I mean, seemingly kind of, I don't know, it wasn't a big moment in the history of my career. Nobody was there. Nobody <laughs> cares about that battle, but I learned, a, I learned a lot in that moment. Well, I think, I think it's a really important lesson and one that definitely I think about, you know, the corporate world or world of government and so many speakers, they get so focused on like this perfect slide deck or this overly intellectual argument yeah. and they have all the research and the audience is just bleh, you know there's bored and mm-hmm. in the end it's not like if you want to reach people and move them it is not about how perfect your language or your argument is it's, it's as you said it's about winning that audience and, yeah. and so when you like after you began to learn this lesson how do you go about winning an audience what what were some of the things that you still yeah. incorporate today well, you start to you start to look a little bit closer at the tools that you have. So, for myself, for example, I felt like okay, I have humor, mm-hmm. I have a kind of sense of playfulness, I have a natural, I'm not sure what the the word is, humane kind of quality. You know, like my artist name is Shad. That's just my name mm-hmm. because the persona that I put out on stage is pretty close to who I am day to day, and mm-hmm. that can be winning. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, those are some of the things that I realized that I have that I can use to win over an audience. You know, another important thing that I learned kind of related to the last thing I mentioned is putting myself into my songs, being personal, being, how can I put it? Yeah. Being vulnerable, Hmm. really. So a lot of my music is also, uh, people would characterize it as like socially conscious, Mm -hmm. but if you listen to the lyrics, I've always felt like my music is, is more spiritual than it is political. It's more personal because I've always felt like if you don't, if, if I'm not able to put myself into these social political messages, then 
I'm not sure how people are going to hear or people are going to mm-hmm. be able to hear it or want to hear it or feel like they can approach it. So that's something that I, I've I like taken that. into my career. You know, like I, I wrote a song, for example, called uh, Fam Jam for some immigrants. It's sort of like hmm. maybe looking we can, at maybe we could play a clip yeah, of it. Yeah, I'd love to play a clip of that. Yeah. You know, because I think that's a good example of what I'm talking about. You know, like the song is ostensibly about a lot of social political issues. But the third verse is entirely my own story of being 11 in 1994 and the genocide happening in Rwanda, where my family's from, and what that experience was like for me as an 11-year-old here, Hmm. having family there, that kind of, I think, turned the song from an exploration of an issue to something that's not exactly about an issue. It's about just a human being. Hmm. So let's let's play that clip. Okay, here we go. When you're third world born, but first world born, sometimes you feel pride, sometimes you feel torn. See, my mother tongue's not what they speak, where my mother's from. She moved to London with her husband when their son was one. And one time after family ties, I turned on the news and saw my family die. Why? Pop said it's murder in the motherland and things about colonialism I didn't understand. All the things that shape a man and his mind state. A community income and crime rate. If times change, why my people still in dire straits? If it's a big world, show me where's my place. In it. I had to talk to Pops for a minute. He said, Shad, this world wasn't home to begin with. Just keep defending the oppressed. Take steps and keep rapping. You might just be the best. Well, yes. Yeah, so, you know, in that third verse there, you can hear just my story. So it's not really about an issue anymore as much as it's about a person. Hmm. And I just find that that's, you know, that's what makes a song approachable. That's what makes an issue approachable for people. And, you know, I really, I learned that from my heroes in hip hop, Common, Lauren Hill, some mm-hmm. of the great artists that I grew up listening to, you know, that's what they did in their songs is they, they didn't just talk about things in this didactic kind right. of um, lecture lecturing kind of way they talk they put themselves into the song they talked about why the issues they're talking about why they matter to them personally i think i think an audience respects when you're willing to put yourself on the line like that yeah i think that's that's such an important point and you know you, we've got this kind of first the first lesson that you shared this idea of it's all about winning the audience i think this is i'm, I'm hearing from you is the second lesson that's coming together that you really have to put yourself in a place of vulnerability to create that true connection that if you're not if you're just otherwise it's just superficial is that fair yeah totally you know i i think it's just true people people can understand facts and figures but they don't really don't really relate to it they don't really um i don't know they're not moved by that i think they're more moved by another human being just telling a story and uh so i learned that from my heroes but I think it also, yeah, relates to the first the first thing I learned from my first battle, which is hmm. this is really about connection. It's not about um, outlining an argument or anything like that. What is, what's the line? You know, I think I, I'm thinking about people who prepare to speak, whether they're giving a speech or just talking. There's the sense of when have I gone too far in vulnerability? How do you think about that mm-hmm. when, you, when you're writing your songs? What when is it too much and when is it just right? That's a great question. I always think of it with songs, you know, 
it's, it's a feeling thing. So for me, the feeling is when it feels a little bit scary, that's a good sign. That means that, you know, there's some stakes in it for me. Um, there's some risk involved for me, but it should still feel like I'm crafting something. It shouldn't feel like raw nerves. You know, um, it should feel like this is still a good, well-crafted verse, a good, right. well-crafted piece of music. It shouldn't just feel like raw nerves. Hmm. If that if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're really you're you're kind of doing some work ahead of time to say like, what am I going to show about myself? But yeah, with intention rather than just kind of ripping open your your life and saying, hey, I'll tell you everything. There's really purpose behind. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I think that's right. You know, and being able to craft it into something that an audience can come around mm. and understand and appreciate, as opposed to just something that's kind of uncomfortable. You know, when it's mm. raw nerves, when you know that's actually uncomfortable and maybe alienating for an mm. audience. Versus when you're in control to the to an extent, you know, where you can take this feeling and craft it into something, or take this experience that was maybe difficult or is maybe kind of embarrassing or vulnerable in some way, in whatever way, and turn it into words and music that is good music mm -hmm. or good words. I don't know. I think the audience can sense that they can sense like that this person is okay, that I, that it's okay to come close to this feeling and this person's experience, mm -hmm. um, versus just sort of like spilling your guts in a way that, um, feels a little bit out of control and feels a little bit you know, uncomfortable to, to, to approach. Hopefully that makes sense yeah. um, for your audience. It's, it's a feel thing, but there, I think there is an important difference. You know, one allows people to come close and another is, is alienating in a different way. Has there ever been a song you've written, you put it out there and you thought, wow, I went too far. <laughs> you know what? There's a few that I haven't put out there. <laughs> because you knew they I would go don't. too far? <laughs> Well, that I wasn't sure. And then in retrospect, I'm like, I'm really glad I didn't put that out there. Hmm. Yeah, that that wasn't that was still raw nerves. You know, right. that wasn't crafted into something that people can feel comfortable enough, you know, can feel comfortable listening to and, and, and coming close to. Yeah, actually, I don't think there's any that I regret, but there's some near misses for sure. You, you've got a new album out right now. Mm hmm. It's called Tau, right? That's right. Um, when did it come out? Fairly recently, right? It came out, yeah, yeah, just uh, fall 2021, yeah. How did your experiences during the pandemic uh, affect your, your writing in that and vulnerability? Well, it was real tricky, actually, making an album uh, with Tau in terms of this whole conversation of being in touch with the audience, right? Like, mm -hmm. not having any connection with people. Right, um, right was really tricky to, to try to feel out, well, what, what do people want, you know, right now? What are people up for hearing? Cause obviously there's a lot of things to talk about, mm -hmm. a lot of issues in the world, but well, do people want to hear about that? Or if they do right. want to hear about it, you know, again, how do they want to hear about it and how can I put myself into it somehow? You know, the other tricky thing with that is I'm at a stage in my career too, having a family and stuff mm -hmm. where there's actually parts of myself, I really want to be careful to protect hmm. and parts of my story. I want to be careful to protect. So there's been a couple of new challenges. I always appreciate that because I like a creative challenge. I actually like 
new parameters and make things a little bit harder. But um, I mean, to, more to your question, I ended up making an album that is about a lot. I mean, it, it really connects to the pandemic. The album is about connection and mm -hmm. about our disconnection from a lot of things, from people, from the earth and nature, from meaningful work, from so many things the pandemic has revealed. But I tried to infuse the album in almost every song with some playfulness, with mm -hmm. some humor, again, with some personal stories. So, you know, I really tried to make it feel hmm. less like I'm looking out into the world and kind of poking at all of our issues hmm. and more kind of make it feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm a human being hmm. and I see what everybody else is seeing. But at the same time, you know, I can laugh at some of the absurdities and I can still laugh and enjoy life. What song would you say if we were to play a clip and I'll, we'll play one in a sec, what song would you say best mm -hmm. kind of show? Cause we've talked about some of the serious messaging and the vulnerability yeah. on this humor and coming at yeah. it from that. Uh, I've got one, but I'm curious what, what you'd say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a few, there's a song called black averageness. That's definitely like the fun. Yeah, that, yeah. that was my pick with the absolute best video ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's definitely like the funniest yeah, song, so, oh. song I've made in a in a while. Um, I love you it. Play that with you and your for sure. Try to get the shooting hoops and just like breaking <laughs> shot after shot or the gardening. It was brilliant. So maybe Thank for you. people who haven't had the chance to, to yeah. watch it, you can you can describe it better and we could play a clip from it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this is a song uh, called Black Averageness. It's on the album. It's kind of like a funny. Um, funny i guess not exactly counterpoint but i guess you could think about it that way to the concept of black excellence that you hear about often um that is obviously wonderful and worth celebrating but you know on this album again it's about connection it's about humanity this song is about just the the, the right to be human the right to be ordinary especially for black people so yeah so it's a, it's a funny song but at the same time i'm i'm talking about some real mm -hmm. things some real social pressures let's play a clip from it Person. I look regular like a LeVar Burton. More into the Star Trek than the star searching. Hard working, shattered savage. Not a caddy, I'm just black with baggage. Daddy with a daughter, I'd be happy if she matched the average. People want me to be bad, but I won't. People want me to like jazz, but I don't. Wish I did. Too many notes. Can I live at my crib? We just folks. I'm a man. Why I wanna be a goat? I just wanna see us cope. We eat the stars that we broke. Like you either make them. I'm like, no, I have every right to be like a B or a C with a do-rag on while I ski. They don't get it. Melanin, paramedics, dentists, dental hygienists, or delivering for UPS or FedEx. Pop said it. Okay, if you just ball, okay. I just want you to know that that's all okay. If you just rap, okay. We trap, okay. And you sing, okay. Like karaoke. Okay, so what should we be, uh, I mean, there's some stuff we can hear there, but your big takeaway from that, what you were sharing? Yeah, yeah. so it, that's, I guess, an example of how I'm, I'm trying to come at some of the things that, that have been revealed in the pandemic that were obviously going on before the pandemic as well, you know, some real issues, social issues, social pressures, um, but trying to come at it from a bit of an angle, a surprising angle, funny angle, 
you know, that, that I find is, is what uh, cuts through and connects with people. And it's also just a joy to do. Well, it was, it was a joy to watch and we'll, we'll post a link to the video too in the, in the show notes. Awesome. So these, so these big lessons, you know, lesson one, it's all about winning the audience. Lesson two, you got to put yourself in, be vulnerable. Let's mm-hmm. now take it to, okay, you've written this great music. Now you've got to get ready to go and actually go on tour and get up in front of an audience. And I think this, there's some real parallels here. They say, you may have heard this, that, you know, people have a greater fear of death than they do public speaking <laughs> and yeah. i think it was seinfeld who who then said which means you'd rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy <laughs> yeah and, and yeah so, so i think you know performance people are always wondering how do performers look so comfortable so calm so let's talk about you how how do you get ready to perform and mm-hmm. then shine on stage i mean i'll, I'll just start mm-hmm. by asking you do you still get nerves when you get up on stage I absolutely get nerves and um and it's important to get nerves. Uh Why? There, there's one I've had I've had one experience where I wasn't nervous huh. before going on stage and it was the worst show I've ever played. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> you know, I, I I felt like I was in my living room up there, like I I I couldn't really rem- remember all the lyrics or I, I could remember them enough to get through the show, but it was it was dodgy, you know. Uh, it was it was my worst experience on stage, and I realized that having some nerves means you just respect the occasion hmm. and you respect the audience. And uh, if you don't have that, that you probably shouldn't be up there. Hmm. So okay, then how do you deal with the nerves? How do you get ready to shine in that moment of pressure, over and over yeah. again? Yeah. So the the nerves to me can mean a couple of things and again it's a it's a feel thing in terms of in terms of discerning what the nerves mean so sometimes the nerves mean you need to prepare so okay. you need to you need to get in some rehearsals you need to plan out your set you need to have you need to develop a clearer sense of what you're going to do and you need to be ready to do it um and then sometimes the nerves are just you know kind of excitement and again, you, you should feel that like, even when I'm well prepared, I still feel a little bit of nerves before I go on stage. And, and they're the good kind of nerves. They're the nerves that make me really present and aware when I'm up mm. there. I also never sip any alcohol before I go on stage. Cause I've also done that once. And that was a really bad experience. <laughs> I didn't feel the, you know, some people like a shot before right. they go on stage. I guess that's fine. But like, I, I want to see and feel everything. I want to be hyper aware when I'm up there. Right. I want to be really attuned to all the nuances that are going on and, and how the audience is feeling so that I can kind of work with that in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So the, the, getting rid of the bad nerves to me is all about preparation. And how do you, how do you think about the audience in your, in your preparation? What's your, what's your mindset? Uh, I mean, to, to kind of channel it yeah. to positive nerves, positive energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the big thing to remember, and I always say this to myself and I say this to other people, is that the audience is on your side. Like, they want to have a good time. They paid money, hmm. and they want to leave <laughs> feeling like they got their money's worth. They don't want, you know, they don't want to feel 
they're not rooting to right. point, you know? So they're, they're cheering for you. They, they want you to feel good up there. Um, and, and they want you to do well up there. That's one way that I think about the audience that helps. The other way I think about the audience that helps is that I think about the fact that me delivering my set perfectly or me stepping on a rake and getting smashed in the face <laughs> is equally good for the audience. Sideshow Bob or high, high quality music. <laughs> yeah, it, it, either, way, either way it works. Right. So again, just thinking from the audience standpoint, like A, they are rooting for me. They want this to work. Mm-hmm. And B, entertainment is entertainment so like this this helps when um things go wrong and Hmm. things do inevitably you know go wrong from time to time you know when i when something goes wrong during my set i this might sound strange but i actually get excited Hmm. you know because i go okay this is a real moment the audience is getting a real moment they're actually happy about that yeah i had uh i had an example that we went uh, Emily, my wife and I went to Bare Naked Ladies just before Christmas, and they had this huge screen that they were going to be showing photos from camp, and they'd been to camp, and it didn't work. It was not working for whatever reason, and it became a whole bit that they rolled into yeah. the dialogue, and it was even funnier yeah. than had they had, yeah. it, you know. And it was, it was a great exactly. example of we felt like it was you were there with them in the way that it wasn't yeah. just a performance. Oh yeah, I you know. When you're on tour, you, you, you get into a groove and you get good as a band, right? Mm-hmm. And so what, I, what I'll do actually after three, four shows, if I feel like we're really in a groove, is I'll do something to mess with my band. <laughs> really? <laughs> are they, do they know this? Or are you, are you like outing yourself here as a, <laughs> as a, a disturber? <laughs> I, I, tell, I tell them. I, sometimes I'll tell them before the show, you know, I'm going to do something up there tonight you know, be on, be on watch <laughs> because, <laughs> because I like when I like to, I like to get good, but then make sure I'm not on autopilot. I love when, so I'll, I'll do it for us. If, if something doesn't just happen on its own right. or if the audience doesn't do something and I'm sure like bare naked ladies are such veteran performers and such great performers. I'm sure that when that audio visual thing stopped working, some part of them got excited. Right. They're like a little like bit of a little this, challenge here. <laughs> a, a little challenge here and also just the opportunity for a really authentic moment. Yeah. You know, with the audience. So, and you know, if it goes terribly, they still again, they still remember that show where the audio right. visual didn't work and and at the end of the day, that's what you want. <laughs> you, right. You're trying to create a memorable moment. So, you know, whether you kill it or uh, you get a pie in the face, they're, they'll remember you. you. Just be memorable. Right. <laughs> you did your job as an entertainer. So, you know, I just feel like those kind of things, like they help lower the stakes yeah. and help you remember what you're really doing up there, which is helping people have a good time and um, and having a good time yourself, you know. And making making a memorable connection, too. I mean, I think that's what I'm yeah. what all communicators are doing. Right. You want to reach that audience and you want to have a moment that people remember. Yeah. And that's, that's how I plan my sets too. And my songs is like, I think about how they start, how they end, because that's what people remember. And then I think about different moments in the set that again, might be memorable. Hmm. Um, whatever that might look like a musician doing a solo, um, me stripping out the music and doing a solo, whatever it might be, 
the last tour I did, I would stop sometimes mid-show and just do a Q&A with the audience. Really? Just impromptu. Yeah. And just anything to create a real connection right. with the audience. And and so they really, in listening, then they're, they feel like this is a moment that they're having with you. And, and you know, as you describe it, it's funny, you know, one of my, one of my favorite bands from years ago, still very good in my mind, but this incident made it less good was the killers. And I was mm. so excited to go see the killers. I'm like, Oh, I love, love them. Amazing songs. And I went with a friend of mine and it was like listening to the CD, you know, like there was yeah, zero exactly. interaction and it was just such a letdown. Because yeah. that connection wasn't there. So I, I see, you know, what you're describing really is the difference. Like, this is why we go in person. And I think, you know, I think yeah. about people who speak. It's why people show up to hear you. They, they could read your presentation or read you an email or a slide deck, but they want that authentic connection with you. That's it. I, I think what you, like that experience with the killers, that's case in point of what I'm talking about. Like that they they probably prepared and they're pro and they're polished and they're really mm -hmm. really good but what did you walk away remembering you know right um it was like was they the were on autopilot they and they could have been lip syncing exactly. for all i knew <laughs> exactly exactly so i think that the last thing then on this topic of being present in the moment you know everyone gets up on stage whether whatever whether they're musician or they're speaking or and they think like, what do I do with my body? <laughs> you know, when, and when I've yeah, watched you, yeah. you have, you know, as a member of the audience, it's totally natural. You have real physical presence. Do you think about that? And if so, how? That's really interesting because I haven't, I've never thought a lot about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll say this. I'm really grateful that I, I'm playing music when I'm up there. Hmm. I find it difficult that the music like informs a lot of times what I do with my body. Hmm. How do you, and how do you mean? Yeah. So when I plan my shows, for example, I never start cold. I never start without music. Hmm. I'm always playing music and that's kind of informing what I do with my body. And I think it helps the audience understand what they're supposed to do with their bodies mm -hmm. too. So they kind of feel comfortable in that moment. That's really an interesting question. You know, I, I think it maybe goes, goes back to my first, um, my first story too, about the battle and what I learned about like using what I have mm -hmm. to win over the audience. So when I think about how I use my body, I think of it also as like an extension of my persona on stage. Hmm. Um, so I'll do, I think I do movements with, with my hands and with my arms that kind of communicate something about my persona on stage. So I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm often gesturing. I'm often being like animated. Mm -hmm. You're much not, more animated on stage than you are off. Like when, when yeah, I've hung out with you off stage, I'm like, it's yeah. like the energy is very different, much more relaxed yeah. and you're reserved. And then on stage, yeah, the switch flips. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm very like expressive with my arms and my hands, but in a way that also communicates something about my persona. Like it's still mm -hmm. sort of um, gentle, smooth-ish, as opposed to some artists that are on stage and they're they're a big kind of like powerful mm -hmm. presence. I, I'm not trying to like overpower you when I'm on stage, but I am trying to 
I am trying to gesture and be animated and kind of um, give the audience a sense that I'm excited to be there. I'm in control of the energy. I'm feeling the energy. Um, I'm doing all of that with my body, but also in a way that's, um, I don't know. It's still authentic, too. It's authentic. It's playful. It's fun. It's showing that I'm not that kind of like overpowering physical presence because that's not really my style. But, you know, but I am a I am feeling the energy and I'm a conduit for it. Hopefully that all that all makes sense. It does. um, I I think, you know, what I'm taking away, you know, is that, look, you are not kind of being deliberate and saying this is the arm gesture I'm going to use or this is the Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump. But you are thinking about, hey, what's the feeling? What's the energy that I'm feeling and that I want the audience to feel? And then you're match, yeah. you're letting your body move in that way. And, yeah. and I think that's really, you're matching your physical presence to the story and the ideas that you're conveying. And I think that goes for anyone, whether they're doing music or they're just trying to connect with an audience. So I think, yeah, that really that yeah. makes great sense. Yeah, yeah, and I like to sort of, um, I guess, be big with my gestures too, in a way that makes the audience feel like, don't you, don't worry, I'm in control of the message. I'm in control of the energy. I'm up here to entertain mm. you. You can participate, but you don't have to worry about you know being taken care of in that way. Right. I, I, I will entertain. I will communicate. I do think I'm trying to do something something with my kind of gestures and being animated that kind of communicates mm-hmm. that, that I, I, I'm taking care of you. So before we, we close, what would be, if you think about all of your songs, if there's one final clip we play, what do you think best showcases that energy? Like what song mm-hmm. from your 15 year career? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think a, a good one to pick would be a song called get it, got it good. It's from mm-hmm. my last, not this album, but the one before it. Let, let's play a clip. Okay, here we go. Damn, it feels good to be back. Damn, it feels good to be black. They keep on killing us. We just keep killing it. Mama said killing is not where the ailing is. Gonna speak back. Lord knows she's been through it. She said a human is not who the villain is. She said it's fear. It's greed and it's pride. You see it inside. That's what the system is built on and what it instills in us. God, I've been feeling this vibe. Honestly, the haters can hate. Just let the creators create and let the creator be judged. I mean, too many mistakes to be grudging. Besides, all of us lost without love. Maybe some never get woke or tired of staying awake or party all night and distraught at the state of the day. But what do you make of this way that I'm walking this path that I'm on? You made a way for me. Hope that my map isn't wrong. Nowadays, my legs is weak. What if my staff isn't strong? What if it breaks? Uh, who got me? Uh, you got me. Uh, I know that you got me good. Get it? Got it? Yeah, I think that song uh in that song you can hear some of my 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 playfulness. It's it's very um dynamic in terms of performance. It it's it's big um and animated. And I'm also communicating ideas, you know, I'm hmm. talking about some real some real things. 
that go on inside of us and go on between us as human beings. Yeah, I, you know, it's a song I like to start shows with. Ever since I put it out, I start a lot of shows with that song because it's just the right, to me, it feels like the right tone. It's, it's mm-hmm. big and it's fun and it enters everybody into like this communal experience with the chorus. You know, people can sing along and stuff and I can kind of get big on stage and move around and dance and have fun. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of communicating a message that will be basically the message for the rest of the show, mm. you know, of sort of like unity and peace and, and all of that. I love it. I love it. Great. I mean, just to summarize what I'm, I'm taking away, you know, from these lessons, it's all about winning the audience over, um, or don't let someone make fun of your hat. Maybe it should be that one. <laughs> and then, uh, you've got to put yourself in, you've got to be vulnerable in what you're saying. And then really kind of prepare your mindset. I took away. And then last, put yourself authentically, but purposefully into when you perform on stage. So some really great stuff there. And it is amazing. You know, you think music and communicate and speaking are so far apart, but it's really just different ways to communicate. So yeah, I'm taking a lot away from our conversation. I can see why you're, why you're such a good performer. No, thank you. Yeah, no, this is, this is a pleasure. I also love talking a little bit across disciplines, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many, there's so many lessons um, that we can learn that way. It can kind of get our thinking going in a, in a, in a different way. Um, so yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for sharing your music. And uh, hopefully I can see you in concert in the, this later this year. Yeah. Looking good. Looking good so far. Thanks, Chad. That was an awesome conversation with Shad. Great to get the musician on. First time in four seasons that I've had one. And really to hear these lessons from music, from writing, from performing, which are so relevant for leaders who really are performing and performing authentically uh, on every single stage. So appreciate that and encourage you to check out Shad's music. It's it's awesome and go see him live, uh, hopefully this summer. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment, rate and review it. It helps get the word out, helps us get found, and uh, I very much appreciate it. Next time on the pod, I welcome uh, Michael Paperno, and Michael takes us through an assessment tool, and I, I go under the microscope, and a way, a different way to think about your own leadership. So it's a great conversation, and I hope you'll tune in for that one as well. Take care and be inspiring. <laughs>